Coming at you live from beautiful South Pasadena, California. It's been a while. I forgot what I usually say. This is the Be Blue Heaven Podcast. Whatever we are, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard here, but man. Man. Yo, 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 wow. is That is the wrong button. <laughs> he turned on the voice modulator thing. I was hey, boy, yeah. All right, so if you guys can't tell, we're a little later than we like planned. There, there was some technical difficulties, but we powered through them. So, what's going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as Real FRG on Twitter and Instagram. You are now home with Dodgers Nation and Jim Beam. They're right over there. Please drink responsibly. That guy is right over there. That is a legendary Doug McCain, DMAC underscore LA in the flesh on a Tuesday, not a Monday because of reasons. Doug. Listen, we're going prime time with the boys in blue. We are we're going prime time with the boys in blue. We're going to see what, what, what people really think about Doug, but how you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. We survived the hurricane. You survived that. Southern California had a hurricane and earthquake before the Padres ever won a World Series. Never thought I would see that day, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, a great day talking Dodger baseball. During the game, honestly, Clint, the fans have been clamoring for this. They've actually wanted this four years, but lots of topics to get yeah. into. Dodgers, they're living good. I'm a little disappointed. Last week, they didn't go undefeated, okay? I mean, we're not used to losing games anymore. It's so very, very weird. Yeah, I, did, I guess it took it. me leaving, I guess, and then everything goes to hell in a handbacks. Clint good luck charm. But we're talking about the big news, of course. Uh, J.D. Martinez hits the I.L. That means it is Michael Bush season. we got to talk a little bit more. I know this guy's already spoke about him in a few videos on our YouTube channel about Tony Gonsolin. But, hey, let's talk more about Gonsolin, what it means for Pepio, our good, close, personal friend, his best friend, actually, um, and uh, and what it means for the postseason you know, uh, rotation, all that kind of stuff. We're totally ready for all of this. And, finally, um, how should the Dodgers manage the next six weeks of the season? Should they go whole hog and try to beat the, the Braves or, you know, be, be smart about it? Before we get into all that, i got to remind you, please do subscribe if you're uh, watching this stream, either live or after the fact. We know a lot of people watch the show. We appreciate you. We know a lot of people that watch aren't subscribed. It's about, I, don't, I forget what the numbers are, but we should have more. We want more of you guys subscribed. And if you are subscribed, once we hit 70,000 subs, we are giving away a real-life human-sized Mookie Betts jersey by Nike. So 70K, we're really close. We appreciate how much you guys have supported us through this. Um, we're stupid close to hitting 70K. And once we do that, we're going to go harder in the paint to get to 75. 19 jerseys or maybe two. One of those are going to be the options, but we're going to figure it out. Let's get to 70K first and uh, not get too nuts. But as we like to do in these shows, let's go into a little bit three up, three down. Things we liked, things we did not like. And we're opening a little weird. We'll say we did like J.D. Martinez going on the I.L. Because they're finally nipping it in the bud. They keep, they keep pretending like, oh, he's fine. He can just wait around. But let's talk about J.D. It's better late than never. I always say what must be done eventually should be done immediately. They finally placed him on the IL with that groin tightness. It was a strange injury. They couldn't get to the bottom of it. He had that quarter zone injection, and it was just a little too up in the air. I mean, some nights he was in the lineup. Some days he wasn't. Sometimes he wasn't in action. Sometimes they were flirting with throwing him on the IL, and I think one of the byproducts was you didn't have a full bench, right? And you, don't, you need that full bench. I think you need to give this team the best chance to win, and I think you look at J.D. Martinez, and there's really no reason to play him with with that check engine light on, you got to get him fully healthy. Get him in bubble wrap because you need him in the postseason. When I look at J.D. <laughs> Martinez, I look at 987. That's a 987 postseason OPS. That's why he was brought in here on this team to have success when it matters most. And also, too, I was thinking maybe J.D. Martinez is saying to himself that... 
maybe J.D. Martinez wants to play because he wants to pad that resume, right? He wants to get that back. You sign a $10 million deal on a one-year contract with the Dodgers because you want to be able to put yourself in a position to sign another deal to put yourself back on track. And I think eventually he was going to hurt himself because last month, over the last month, he's slashing 194, 275, 361, seven hits in his last 36 at-bats, one dinger for just dingers, five RBIs of 49 weighted ones created. Plus, so his numbers were down. The strikeout rate was up. So I think this is the right time to make this move, and we'll get into Michael Bush in a second. But we need a fully healthy J.D. Martinez for the postseason. He's raked all year. Got to get him back to full strength. Hey, what do they say? If you want the dub... You got a slug. Yes, sir. And if you want the dub in the postseason, you got to have J.D. Martinez, your top slugger. I mean, yeah, Mookie Betts leads a team in, in homers, but he does a little bit of everything. They brought in J.D. Martinez to hit ball far. And yeah, he does exactly. that well, and he does that against some of the best left-handed pitchers in the game, which you will see a lot more in the postseason, of course. Comes to the Braves, they have Max Freed. I don't know what his numbers are against Max Freed, but you got to be ready for somebody like that, assuming you get that far. So... You do like to see them finally, uh, you know, taking uh, taking the initiative to not just keep kicking the can down the road. You have, like I said before, at this point in time, you have about six weeks. Take advantage of it. Give him as ideally you give him four weeks to kind of get his swing back. We know he's very timing oriented. Um, he needs to take swings, and you give him that. You give him that time to figure it out. You also finally reward Michael Bush for his incredible play because. Dude has absolutely been ripping the cover off the ball. 17 homers over the last, what is it, the 50 or 20 games, something like that? Yeah, he's, he's been going nuts. Maybe, I don't think it's 20 games, but since he was sent down at the end of June, hitting 333, has 17 homers, 24 on the year, 323 or whatever batting average on the year, OPS over 1,000. Dude's killing it, and it's, it, it's been painful to see him getting buried at AAA. Exactly. 100% agree with you, Clint, on that one. I mean, Michael Bush has nothing to prove down in AAA. He continues to rake since June 8th, the 176 weighted runs created, plus 21 home runs in 49 games. This guy is tearing the cover off the baseball. And since getting sent down, hitting 323, 432, 615. So the production has been there. The consistency has been there. And we know that he's someone that has that bat to ball. He's someone that has that above average hit tool. He sees almost four pitches per plate appearances. So he's someone that deserves that opportunity. Only issue with him is where do you play him, right? I mean, that's always been his issue, yeah. kind of blocked that certain positions. Over the past two weeks down at OKC, he split time at third base, second base, and left field. But Clint, what I want to see is I want to see him at that DH spot as much as possible, okay? J.D. Martinez is out from the DH spot. You let Michael Bush cook. You let Michael Bush do what he does best because, he, like I said in the last show, it's reverse DiCaprio, right? I mean, he turns 25, and they keep him, right? They keep him down to the AAA level, keep stashing him there. He has nothing to prove. It's like you're seeing the Rocky montage scene again and again and again, <laughs> but there's no fight, right? He's not stepping yeah. into the ring. He needs to step in the ring and show us what he can do, and he has this opportunity. I want to see him run with it, and I think the big question is, what does he have to do the remainder of the way to earn a spot in that postseason roster to earn a spot on that Dodgers bench because you saw sporadic playing time when he was even up and the reality is we know there's a lot of people Michael Bush can rake Michael Bush can rake look the minors in the majors is a very different animal Miguel Vargas he was raking last year in the minors had some success but really didn't sustain it then this year didn't have success, goes down there, and he's raking. So we've seen again and again and again, <coughs> players can rake down there, but it doesn't always translate. And even when Michael Bush was up, he hit around 200. He yeah. hit 200 in 51 plate appearances. So he still has a lot to prove, but I still think he's got a great opportunity in front of him. 
Yeah, you know, he he uh, didn't take advantage of very, very sporadic playing time. He still was, wasn't hitting at his best at that point of the season, even at AAA by that point. But now this is a dude who's very much earned it. And, uh, you know, we, you and I were talking before the show. This is also an opportunity for him to kind of, well, him and the team to put his name out there for offseason trade potential because it's clear they don't have a spot for him. Um, and uh, he needs to play somewhere as a Major League Baseball boy, and that's not going to happen in L.A. with the way things are shaping up. Exactly. He needs at-bats against big league competition <laughs> because right now if I'm a team out there that wants to do a deal with the Dodgers and you're the Dodgers and you say, okay, Michael Bush could be the centerpiece of a trade for a big name. If you're the Dodgers, you say, great. He rakes in AAA. We see a lot of guys that are able to do that, but in limited opportunities, hitting 200 in 15 games, 561 OPS, still has not hit a home run. Let's see him hit a home run at the big league level. So I'm not buying all the Michael Bush stock yet. I mean, I think that for him to really force his way onto this roster, I think it's unlikely because of the veterans. You have veterans on that bench. Yeah. For him to really, really make them have even a hard decision to make, he's going to have to go crazy. You have 130 weighted he, he runs. He, he needs to have himself a Manny Ramirez yeah, coming I mean, to L.A. type much. of thing. He needs Going to hit 396, tear. 47 homers, and 27 plate appearances. It's probably not going to happen. They built this bench for this postseason for the the rest of the regular season they they finally kind of figured out i mean the the one factor uh the one thing you do have to factor in is yeah if jd martinez can't come back this is probably your best option he's your top slugger in the minor leagues he's your best hitting prospect in the minor leagues i know you mentioned the uh, he has not hit a home run as a big leaguer you know who's on the tv right now it's Noah Syndergaard, and he just gave up a leadoff single to uh, Mookie Betts. So I'm putting it out there right now. That trade's already a win. You're going to see Michael Bush's uh, first career home run tonight against Thor. I love it. At Progressive Field, because why not? Look at, me, look, at me, look at me pulling uh, Nomar Garcia Parra. Huh? Hey, there we go. I mean, how about when Jock Peterson came up and hit those five straight home runs? Maybe he goes Jock crazy and, and makes them make a case. But great to see <clears throat> Michael Bush get that opportunity. He's earned it. And tonight, I mean, designated hitter batting eighth. And you got Noah Syndergaard. It'd be great to see him just take off off Noah Syndergaard. I told Doug the TV's there. Now he's now we lost. This him. is very tough. We, this is we, very difficult. <laughs> we lost Doug. Um, get into a couple of the comments here. I like because uh, when we we're still, I think we got our, our technical difficulties figured out, so we're in a good spot. But at one point when the cameras went out and the comments, you guys are quick. You, I love it. Dcam says Dmac is gone, and Nando three ninety said someone turn off the lights on Dmac. <laughs> and uh, I like this one, Mike M. What says uh, D-Mac oh. blacked out too much Jim Beam. <laughs> yes, so, you know, what? you know what? Better than that, I'm going to make that the Hornito shot taker of the day. Hornitos. Drink fresh, drink Hornitos. Ding. I think that's a thing. A goat <laughs> says Dodgers Nation is better than Dodger Films. Cannot agree more than that. Craig Osterberg, Dan Schroeder in the stream. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us as always. And in honor of Diane being here, mash that thumbs up button. 400 likes. And we're going to go 400. Doug's going to do a shoey. So let's hope that doesn't happen. We also have. Yeah, I'll do a shoot for. We also have, very importantly, a super chat. Sorry, guys, the button, the music's broken right now. So it's like when Coney used to sing the songs instead of getting copyright, right? I mean, we're not old Coney fans. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're old guys. But Grumpy, Grumpy45 Dino on the YouTube sends five dollars our way. Appreciate you very much. He says it's going to be BP against Noah, or is it going to be Vintage Thor? Uh, no in between. That really is going to be how it goes. And now I just K's Freddie Freeman. So it's Jover 
in uh, in Cincinnati or wherever they're at. Where are they go? Cleveland. That's what it's called. I, Thor I, and the Guardians. I tried my best. So we talked Bush. We've talked uh, JD. We also got to talk about Mookie Betts, who adds to uh, his hit collection. Um, dude has been on a tear. You tell me. I don't know. I didn't watch any games this weekend, and there was no games when I came back home from the lake. But uh, at this point, you're looking at the numbers. Uh, MLB Network did a really, really good uh, spot on him yesterday. As Will Smith goes yard, we Smitty. love we love wow. Noah Syndergaard. Hey, it's Noah Cameras, make sure you guys go at Noah Cameras for that great Noah offseason Syndergaard. signing. Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you here at the same time? You just hit a home run on TV and you're live on YouTube? I'm CGI. This is CGI pre-recorded in advance. AI. We this knew it was going to yeah. But in the reality, uh, we have to... We have to start talking about Mookie Betts as a, a legitimate National League MVP candidate because he's doing everything. He's playing wherever they need him. He's playing really great second base. We know what he can do in right field. But the bat, the pop, the power, the everything he gets on base, what, uh, what's it going to take to have this guy get his, uh, his second MVP? Look, I think he's put himself in a great position just to have the conversation. Now, the issue with MVP conversations is a lot of times those narratives are built in the first two, three months of the season, and then that's that. So it's tough to overcome someone like a Ronald Acuna Jr. who's put together such a great season, but Mookie's going off. I mean, Mookie is putting together an elite season once again. This week alone, he was fantastic. I mean, he was outstanding for the Dodgers, hit three. Dongzell Washington's I mean this is someone who it's 34 on the year he's one away from tying his career high we still have 39 games to play including tonight then August slashing 408 473 489 seven home runs 18 RBIs 20 runs scored and I think for me it's the fact that you look at that Braves offense and you know, that's a team that could be the first team to collectively slug 500 and there's so much power there's so much explosion up and down that lineup and we know that Acuna Jr. there's no question about it he's elite he's a deserving candidate but if Mookie Betts is not on the Dodgers they're not up 12 games in the division they're not running away with this division okay when you yeah. consider the fact that Gavin Lux goes down and Mookie's played 16 games at shortstop. He's played so many games at second base. He's really made that transition seamless. And also, with his offensive production, he helps you live with Miguel Rojas playing a lead defense yep. at the shortstop position. So you can supplement that with his offense. And if you look at the numbers, Clint, let's just compare them side by side here. Batting average, give the advantage to Acuna. 298 for Mookie, 332 for Ronald Acuna Jr. OBP, that goes to Acuna Jr. But slugging, 597 for Mookie. Woba, slightly in Acuna's advantage. Home runs, advantage goes to Mookie, 34 and 28. Doubles, Mookie, 32 doubles to 29. Weighted runs created plus, which is the one of the best metrics to really gauge and evaluate and assess overall offensive production. Mookie is 65% above league average. On Acuna Jr., 64% above league average. F4, Mookie has him. The only thing is the stolen bases. Now, stolen bases, they are something that gets crowds excited, gets fans excited. But to me, they're overrated. I'm going to give my thoughts on stolen bases in a second. But do you think that is enough where it just tips the scale to a point where you can't even have this conversation, where Mookie can't even catch up? I mean... I think it, it tips scale for sure. That That's a big thing. Uh, any of the old school voters are definitely going to love to see the power speed out there. There are people who still dig the stolen base, but this is a league now. This is an era that prefers to dig the long ball. And, you know, both of these candidates have, and I think we talked about this recently too, they both have guys on their own team that are going to take votes away. So it kind of makes it pretty even. But um, 
getting the lead that Acuna had in the in the ethos over the first two months, you know, Mookie didn't really turn it on until May. Uh, I think that gives him the edge at this point. So it's going to take old Ronnie, as I call him, falling off a little bit and Mookie continuing. If Mookie can get that that batting average above like you know 315 and and drop 40 homers, um, the question is going to be, or the 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 conversation is going to be, do we want to have another first-time MVP winner in the National League, or do we want to have what is it, the second or third winner uh, of two different? Um, I'm over here now. Two different uh, MVPs in two different leagues. Exactly. I mean, that's the narrative with Mookie. I think you got the Frank Robinson angle, the yeah. first guy since him to win the MVP in both leagues. But I also think, too, there's still enough time for the Dodgers to make a run at the Atlanta Braves and catch them. And if you get the Atlanta Braves, you catch them, and you finish with the best record in the National League, you also finish in front of him when it comes to weighted runs, created plus, you have 40 home runs. And you consider the versatility, how he made the transition playing shortstop for the first time at the big league level look easy. It's not easy. It's very difficult. And he had a hose and he made the throw and he made it look easy. And I think for me, you hear you talk about the stolen base and what they always say, Clint, they always say speed never slumps, right? Speed always. never slumps. You know what I always say? They actually, they, they do say that. You know what I always say, though? You can't steal first. You can't steal first. Okay. And Mookie Betts gets on base. He's a run producer. He is elite. He, if you had a draft right now, I think Acuna Jr. is younger. We understand that. But for this season, for this postseason, I think you look at what Mookie Betts is able to do, and you look at the stolen base. And, yes, if 53 stolen bases to eight, we understand that. But guess what? There's a reason why the Dodgers don't steal bases, and it's because you don't want to give up outs. And it's been proven. Read a book called Total Baseball, which is a baseball encyclopedia in 1989. And they basically said that they found that a stolen base adds 0.3 runs at best to a team's total run total. All right. So really, you look at the stolen bases this year, Kansas City Royals, they're fourth, 124 stolen bases. The Oakland Athletics, 115 stolen bases, they're fifth. So it doesn't necessarily translate to winning, in my opinion. I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is great. Acuna Matata, right? We get that. But still... I got Mookie Betts my MVP, and I think Freddie Freeman is someone who is actually slumping of late. But I think if Mookie puts together a strong finish one and he f goes 40 home runs, way he runs created plus, beats him in war, defensively, I mean, Mookie, 45 outs above average, and Acuna Jr. is 10 outs above average. So defensively, when you factor in how elite he still is in right field and the versatility, the edge goes to Mookie Betts 100%. When you consider the injuries and what he does for this team, I think that you have to strongly consider Mookie. To me, the final box that he has to check off is has this Dodgers team surpass him? And then I think you can really make a strong case for him winning that MVP award. Yeah, uh, at this point, it does feel like it's going to be between Acuna and it's going to be between Mookie Betts and Maybe that is going to be the 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 flip the um, uh, the deciding factor, and it is hey, who wins? Uh, who has the most wins in the National League? Which team? Also, Freddie Freeman yeah. has a higher stolen base percentage than Acuna Jr. <laughs> so I think Freddie Freeman is a better. Notably, base notably, Ronald has um, uh, fallen. He's kind of he's slowed down. We'll say he hasn't been stealing as much. Uh, Gary notes over in the corners, like one thing Ronald Acuna also has, and it's a good point. He has the advantage that Cody Bellinger had, you know, in that first impression. You know, Cody won that 2019 MVP based on hitting 400 for about 40 some odd games. You know? Yeah, and if Yelich doesn't get injured, he wins that award yeah. 
and he goes back to back. Don't so, break your kneecap is what we're saying. I mean, look, that's 100% true. The narrative, it almost feels to me like it's Russell Westbrook getting all the triple doubles, right? It's like the stolen bases for Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay, let's give them to him because of the stolen bases. Look, everyone looks like Ricky Henderson out there with the pizza box bases, and they make it easier to steal with the engagements. I think, Clint, we cannot go out there and maybe steal some bases, right? So, yeah, I'm not trying to discredit him in any way, but I still think Mookie is the better player. I think Mookie's had a better second half, and I think Mookie means more to the Dodgers than Ronald Acuna Jr. means to the Atlanta Braves. That's what I believe in my heart of hearts, and I still think Mookie, outside of Shohei Otani, maybe Mike Trout at its best. I mean, Mookie, like he always says, he drives a Benz, too, right? He doesn't take a backseat to anyone in this league. They drive nice cars, too. Look at that. Benz. That's DMAC underscore LA spitting right there. I drive my grandma's Accord and a lease Tesla. Yes, sir. What you know about that? You see, you see Doug good. rolling around the town in that Tesla. Don't scratch the paint is what we're saying. Someone scratched the other day. Importantly, we got a super chat. You're going to help me with that, though. You're going to help me with that? The Tesla scratch? In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You can help me. The Tesla scratch. Tesla expert. Uh, we got Zeppelin, uh, Zeppelin five numbers in here saying fire the training staff. Can't keep a pet rock healthy. I'm lost. Did, did James Altman just get himself hurt? I'm not. not Maybe Tony sure. Smokes. But the, he doesn't have a pet rock. Oh, did his it? cat. Okay, I'm putting. All I don't think yeah, yeah. things move so fast here. <laughs> things move so fast <laughs> yeah. in this office right here. Craig Osterberg says Trout is back tonight. Wrong show. Thanks for hanging out. Diane in here saying smash the like button for Clinton D-Mac. Ricardo saying D-Mac with the fire takes. Coming in hot from the couch. <laughs> um, and then there's other comments here. But we don't have Cody today, and we don't also don't have everything set up the way we usually do. So we're going we're to just let me read comments, and then we're going to move on now. So we got Mookie Betts. He's up. He's kind of the guy who's led the offense in the last week or so, pretty much through that homestand. Down. Rest of the offense, not too good. Spit some more, Doug. Yeah, I mean, outside of Mookie Betts and Austin Barnes, really, everyone has been struggling. I mean, Austin, even Freddie go. Freeman, I did. I believe he just struck out. He I mean, struck he out. He struck out to yeah. Noah Syndergaard. You got some problems, man. You need to really reevaluate your career. No, I'm just playing. But no, I mean, look. <laughs> All in all, we know Freddie Freeman, occasionally he goes through slumps. Over the last week, Freddie hit 190 with a 547 OPS. But you look up and down this lab. I mean, Mookie, 1431 OPS. He was phenomenal. But Rojas, Muncie, Altman even, who was hot and he's struggling. Will Smith, who just left the yard, that's definitely a great sign. He had a pretty tough week. J.D. Martinez didn't do much, of course, but still... I mean, Rosario, Kike Hernandez, I mean, across the board, really the pitching carried this team throughout this week. The Dodgers averaged 3.83 runs per game last week, down from 5.59 per game. And you're going to go through these stretches, and I think it's important to realize that the pitching is going to be the reason why this team wins the World Series if they do or they don't, right? I mean, the pitching needs to step up, and we've seen this pitching staff absolutely carry. You had another seven innings from Julio Urias. He's gotten 70 batters without issuing a walk. So it's good to see it flip, and you need to see that at some point. But offensively, it, they're definitely going through a little bit of slump at the moment. On Julio, back, kind of back, or all the way back? Somewhere in between all the way back and, and back. I mean, he's very close. I mean, I would say he's like 90 
3% back. I mean, to me, I think the statistic, I mean, 70 batters without issuing a walk, that shows you the command is there. And he's a guy that still has a lead spin. He doesn't rely on high velocity. You're seeing the way he's using that slur of the curveball. He's changing eye levels. He's looking like Hulu Arias that we've seen in the past. And that's yeah. the most important thing to me is it, that the competitive drives out there. He's just not... Like, I mean, you saw him nibbling a little bit towards the end of the year and just struggling to find the zone. When he's in the zone and he's got a rhythm going, he's as tough a pitcher out there as anyone. I think he's a true number two pitcher <laughs> on a World Series contending team. I call him the Urias. Is he the ace of a World Series contending team? Not so sure about that, but I think he's firmly a number two pitcher when he's at his very best. Last four starts for Julio, a 144 ERA. So he's absolutely dealing at the moment. Yeah, he looks like a dude who got pissed at himself for pitching like ass and now he's putting it all together and he's looking real good and he's doing it at the right time because usually it's been the other way around it feels like it's been the other way around so often michael bush up to the plate right now let's see if michael i call bush. my shot oh, i hope go. we do but uh while mikey double in the gap while mikey bush it doesn't work we're not we're not double live streaming the game here oh Single. he just missed it <laughs> even even though this is like, I got like 30 40 seconds behind for everybody pets heads are falling off the other thing That's that happened. Kind of fun. Predict what Michael Bush is going to do in his at bat. I like that. Oh, no, Let's see we're going to get, get we're going to get Doug wanting to do live streams. Let's see if you can do like like full blown like game live Double streams. Double the gap, baby. It's like his family will never see him again. <laughs> Imagine that plus the <laughs> people have been the streets want that. I'm just saying. The, the streets. I've, hey, I've gotten that request. People are talking. So finally, uh, after months of, we'll say months of of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, speculation. Yes, it comes out. Tony Gonsolin, hurt. This guy's already covered it on our YouTube channel. Check out, check out some videos on Gonsolin. We also got he, you know, he got word straight from Gonsolin and Dave Roberts at Dodger Stadium last week. So while you're there, already on YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell, get us a 70K. You could win a Mookie Betts jersey. That's an important thing. Don't forget, you can win that 70,000 subscribers. We're going to pick a winner at random and do it live right here on this show. But um, Gonsolin out for the season by all accounts. I don't think there's any reason for them to bring him back. Forearm, elbow, barking, stuff not good. He he was saying on on uh, what is it Friday? He's like, yeah, my my stuff felt okay. Uh, the lie detector <laughs> test determined that was a lie, with five homers going out. But uh, a couple angles to look at this because this leads to another one of the positive things. Hey, that probably means opportunity for Ryan Pepio. But in reality. It doesn't seem like it changes the postseason rotation and roster picture all too much to not have Tony Gonsolin. Right or wrong? I would say 100% right. I mean, I was leaving him off my postseason roster for months now just because I thought that Bobby Miller had proved himself. I think you're going to get guys coming back the way that, that Lance Lynn has pinched. He absolutely that deserves that number three spot in the rotation, in my opinion. I think for me, just being in that press conference, the mood, the tone, because first it was Dave Roberts. He comes out and, you know, he's very supportive of his players. And he will shoot you straight after the fact when he thinks that, okay, this guy is going to go on the IL. At that point, then you're going to start to get some real information. When he was saying that it was something with his elbow, I mean, they have it as form inflammation, but it's something in his elbow. And it's the recovery time. He just can't fully recover in between starts. The velocity is down. The spin is down. He's just overall not as effective as he was when he went on the IL last season. And he made the all-star team. He was leading the National League in ERA. Since then, the ERA is above five, right? He went yeah. from 210 to above five. He just, just struggled. And like I said, the mood when Tony Gonson came out, it was depressing. It was like someone's cat died or something. I mean, it was very <laughs> depressing in that press conference room. And look, you just look at his numbers this season. I mean, he a 579 expected ERA. That's in the sixth percentile. 
He's allowed four more runs in eight of his last 11 starts with a 7.51 ERA, 15 home runs in 56 in the third inning. So the point I'm trying to make is if you look at his numbers just from his counting stats, everything, all of his peripherals, they'll tell you this is someone that is pitching with diminished stuff. He's pitching in a diminished state. He's not a bad pitcher. He's a pitcher that's pitching through injury. And like Dave said, you have to commend him for taking the ball when Clayton Kershaw's out, yeah. Julio Urias is out. They was, needed someone to step up. Yeah, it was really out of necessity, and, and I agree. But at the same time, if you're you, – I mean, they said he wasn't going to hurt himself more, but maybe he's hurting himself mentally. Maybe he's he is hurting the team if he's going to go out there every fifth day and not give them a, a quality start, which – for the last what is it, 11 12 starts of him his really haven't been they've been bad they've been uh, they've been it's been clear something is not right so you you get him settled down let the inflammation die down a little bit i'm sure there's going to be some updates about um <clears throat> you know what's coming out with with imaging and and whatever else they decide to do with him but uh he needs some help and you need to worry about the future uh, rather than the now they have enough weapons especially you know traded for lynn he's worked out uh, uh, Bobby Miller has proven he deserves to be uh, in the postseason rotation in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, everything kind of comes full circle. Tony got hurt. Pepio got his spot. Pepio got hurt. Garbage, garbage, garbage. All due respect to Michael Grove. And now Pepio gets his earned spot back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just kind of circle back a little on Tony. One thing I want to ask you was the way his contract was set up with the incentives with making those 20 starts, he earned himself an extra $2 million to next year's salary. I, I think there was, was a little bit yeah. in there. I mean, Tony wanted to go out there and make himself a little more money. And look, like I said, you look at the velocity. It's a lot of Purina. He was compromised. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, he was definitely compromised out there. He wasn't the same guy. I mean, all the numbers will prove that that's the case. And you talk about what's the plan moving forward for Tony Gonson. I think, one, you have to determine his health status. Does he need surgery? I won't say that word, right? I don't say that. It's like Voldemort and Harry potter i don't say the word starts with a t and i'm not gonna to go that route but if he has to have surgery or anything like that that's gonna set you back and i think you look at tony when he was at his very best this is someone who was pumping 96 miles per hour this is someone that was working the zone and used that split change and there's only so many pitchers that can have any modicum of success at this level without having their best up and he tony gonson is not one of those guys he has to be absolutely 100 healthy to have a chance to be effective i think his ceiling has always been a solid number three if everything breaks right but really he's a number four or five starter yeah. and look the reality is that's a success story for a converted player who used to be an outfielder to be a number four or five starter yeah. in major league baseball you are something you aren't trash you're just an injured pitcher but one thing i want to get your take on clint is the first thing that popped into my mind I, I, i'm kind of messed up like that i always think of the future and signings and acquisitions and contracts right i was thinking this has got to increase the odds of the dodgers considering to pick up that 18 million dollar option of lance lynn they're going to need some bodies next uh, next season. You know, you can't go into the offseason or into the next season. You don't know what's going to happen with Julio. You don't know what's going to happen with um, Clayton Kershaw. You don't want to enter the season expecting to get 200 innings out of a recovering, uh, you know, still kind of recovering Walker Bueller and a young Bobby Miller and an Emmett Sheehan, who also still very young, you know, you don't know what you have with Gavin Stone. You you kind of know now what you have with Michael Grove. No, you need some arms. You need some bodies. And in this market, to get a premium pitcher at only $18 million a year, I think that's kind of a – that's a no-brainer. Yeah, we'll see how he finishes out the year, and we'll see how much he likes in Los <clears throat> Angeles. But 
we, we always know with the Dodgers, it's not about the money. It's not about the one-year deals. It's about the years. And to get a pitcher like that that's going to eat innings, most importantly, that, hey, maybe he might give three or four runs to start at times, but he's going to go six or seven innings, give you above 100 pitches. And that is what you need. That's what we've seen in the Lynn Sanity era here <laughs> with the Dodgers. He's taken the ball and gone deep into games. But another thing I was thinking, too, is I think Tony Gonsolin ultimately probably gets moved similar to what happened with Ross Stripling. I mean, there's a lot of similarities there. A guy who made an all-star team, a guy who probably doesn't fit in this rotation if everyone's healthy. Because I think they do focus on the upside of guys you mentioned. In a in a Emmett Sheehan, in a Bobby Miller, yeah. in a Gavin Stone, who's looked a lot better of late. And I think they want to continue to build that pipeline. And I also think, too... I want to go on a look. Look, this is always a thing. It's always the, you know, the three to six degrees of, of Shohei Otani, right? But you might have to go six-man rotation if you bring in a Shohei Otani yeah. to kind of acquiesce to his needs. Because I guarantee you, if Shohei's people says, we want a six-man rotation, the Dodgers will say, guess what? We got ourselves a six-man rotation. Yeah. So if they want to go that route, I think they absolutely will. Yeah. Um, I if they, if they do make a move, they do make a trade, it's not going to happen until very deep into the offseason because – as of now, Tony is, you know, you would hope, you would assume one of the healthy arms available at the start of next spring training. And we don't know what the rotation is like. You saw early in this this season the struggles with depth. They're going to need depth. And if he is that fifth guy, if he is that sixth guy, um, you know, so be it. But if he's, they find a way to go get Shohei, they keep, you know, uh, Kershaw comes back one more year, they keep. Uh, Julio, and then you you're in a much better spot to send him somewhere or whatever. Exactly. But and also, too, I want to get your take on this, Clint, because I thought it was pretty interesting out there to hear people say, "Oh, they should have traded him in the off season. They should have traded him when his value was at its very highest." And yes, theoretically, logically, that does make a lot of sense. But we know that one. The Dodgers, they're going to value anyone that has proven to go out to give you five or six innings at an above average level. You don't let guys walk like that when their value is as low as it was. Because the reality was, when he returned from that injury, he looked terrible there in the NLDS. I mean, a guy, it was short. It was I mean, like a start and a half for the kid. But still, I mean, I think this is a team that realized that when you sign a two-year deal with someone on the incentives, you want to know how someone feels about you. You look at the contract they sign you to. And the Dodgers, they knew with that contract that point. there was a possible That's injury looming. If you trade off damaged goods to a team like the Guardians or some of these long-term trade partners, you don't want to burn your bridges like that. This Dodgers team, they have to create these relationships all around the league because they have the prospect capital. Like I said, they have all the goods. They are Amazon. They have everything you want. All right, They got the prospect capital, the money, anything you want to get players, they have that there. So I think that was another thing, too. They didn't want to trade off damaged goods, but I think they were aware when you consider the toll that the split change takes on your arm that that was a possibility. But... There is some sun coming out of the clouds here, and I think that is that Ryan Pepio, who's got the Dodgers dugout karma on his side, goes on the show, have a great time with my man Ryan Pepio, and then he goes out there and he pitches a really, really nice game. What would you think about Pep, Clint? I was gone. I didn't see it. I saw, <laughs> I saw what, five, five innings in relief, looking, looking froggy, looking right, looking healthy, looking like he's, he's uh, all, all healed up from that what it turned into oblique into intercostal like yeah. something was clearly bad if it took him four months to eventually make his debut but i'm i'm very excited to see this dude we're we're bullish on ryan pepio and it's not just because he returns our calls <laughs> he's a he's a good pitcher he's got a future he's got some stuff he's projectable and uh you know i'm weighing my cards and probably taking 
Pep over the Catman. Yeah. It reminded me of the episode of The Bart of Darkness when they get that pool and Bart breaks his arm and he has to watch them swim all summer. That was Ryan Pepe, yeah. right? He got to see all these Mill guys. Pool. Michael Grove and Tony Gonsolin and Bobby Mill and Emmett Sheehan. All these guys go up there, have success, get their big league action. So to see him have success the way he did, I was very encouraged, I think. The biggest thing for me, he goes five innings allowed, one run on three hits, had five punch outs, generated 13 swings and misses, had a called strike whip percentage of 36. That was the second highest in his career. But it was the slider. And Austin Barnes said after the game, I thought his slider was his best pitch today. It's always been a distant third for him. But today he was throwing a lot outside on the corners. It was hard. It was pretty good. It was a true slider today. And I think that's the difference. Because the, what's going to take Ryan Pepio from being a bullpen piece to a potentially number three starter is going to be that third pitch. You can't live yeah. off fastball and change up. You need that slider. It was a very effective pitch for him. I think that can take him to the next level. I, I, think, I think the team kind of learned that with uh, Gavin Stone. Because Stoner came up, oh, this is the greatest changeup that's ever happened in all of recorded history. And it got hit. It got hit hard. It got hit everywhere. And then you see him go back down, kind of throwing that cutter yeah. slider. He's, he's throwing some bend Two a scenes. lot more. Yeah. Yeah. It's Nastier like than the a change. <laughs> porter potty at a music festival thing. The, what the, said. the change is nice, but I don't, I don't know that in this era you could live on the change anymore. I just really don't. I agree. I mean, you have to find that third pitch, and for him, has to have one that has that sharp left turn, really keeps hitters off balance. And Got to have that whip. Got to have that whip, baby. And I think for him, do you look at that slider? I mean, he threw it 21% of the time, got eight swings and 16 whiffs off it. Last year, threw it 18.2% of the time, and opponents were hitting 300 off of it. So for him to have that success and build confidence in that slider, I'm so excited for Ryan Pepio. I think he's someone that a lot of people sleep on, and he was the original changeup that was the one that was taking over the Meyer League level. But I think for Pepio, the difference is that he's ready for this opportunity. He looks like physically he's as great as he has ever has as far as stamina goes. He's putting a lot of work. We're going to see him again this Saturday against the Boston Red Sox and really build on this start. And I think there's no question about it that he is going to be an upgrade to what we've seen from Tony Gonsolin of late. And he is going to lock down that fifth spot in the Dodgers rotation with him out. Couple of the comments I do want to go back because we had some folks talking about Gonsolin. Uh, City Boy underscore Chad said Gonsolin putting up Cindergard numbers. Ouch. Yikes. That's that's a painful one. Roy Estrada said Cinder folks. Gonsolin. Uh, Roy Estrada said folks give Gonsolin credit for pitching hurt. I disagree. If you go out there hurt, you're hurting the team as proven. And I think there are very few pitchers in particular that can go out there and play hurt. One of them we know, uh, and this guy's a devout uh, a Christian. That's that's Clayton Kershaw. He could pitch hurt and we've seen that for years usually it's back not as much with the shoulder and the arm but um that's that's uh there are very few and usually they're legends that uh that can do something like that moving up in the comments a little bit justin lamas agrees exactly if you're hurt don't pitch um if you have any go ahead and find some i don't think he has a comments open so we'll just I got go one. we got uh tony was not a tiger <laughs> from roy estrada yeah, yeah. i like that one oh, yeah. Well, Once I mean, more, okay. I hope Dustin May can stay healthy next year and get a chance to have some carnivorous lunar activity. Homer Assassin says some Pepio and the Stepio. Some Pepio and the Stepio, the friends of the, of the show. show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> DKM should have kept Alex Wood if our rotation wasn't stacked. That's from Mike Ling. I'm wishing the best of health to our team. It's still all said and until it's all said and done in October. Yeah, I mean, Tony Gonson might have to go to the vet a little bit. You know, the Catman's got to get fixed, and guys got to get ready. But I do think that timing-wise, it was probably the best possible time when you consider the lead they have in the division, when you consider the arms that they have, the 
complement of arms that they have available. And I think, too, this allows them to further assess what they do have as far as the rest of this rotation because they know what Gonsolin's ceiling is when he's right, when he's ready. So I don't think there's that much of an evaluation process for him. It's just saying, okay, what can we get out of this guy and can we get him back to full strength? But, yeah, you feel bad for the guy. As far as I kind of want to touch on what people are saying about, yeah, if he shouldn't have pitched hurt. I mean, but he still, it's not like he went out there and his arm was, like, falling off or anything like that. I mean, he did have some reasonable starts. He did have some flashes at times. So it's not like he was out there and was going cinder guard every single start. I mean, let's not forget, <laughs> I mean, against the Colorado Rockies. I mean, oh, six innings, one run. Before that, the San Diego Padres, he got rocked. That was terrible. Before that, the Oakland A's, one run in five innings. So it wasn't all terrible. That's a knock. Freddie off the schneid. By the way, I know this is kind of late. I know this is kind of late, but what did Michael Bush end up doing on that at bat? <laughs> grounded he grounded out. out? Okay. No double. Oh, this out. is this is so painful for Doug. You guys have no idea. Remember, you don't have a post game tonight. Okay. Post game coming at you Thursday. Freddie got a knock. There you go. Nothing, nothing gets past you, Chief. Nothing gets past. Hey guys, subscribe for more D Mac and a Mookie Betts jersey. YouTube.com/slash/DodgersNationTV. Uh, uh, DKM says you you read the comment wrong. He said Alex Wood should have stayed. Oh, in uh, wait, I'm not part of the organ. Anyways, I'm assuming saying should have stayed. Eh, I was fine letting Woody go. Do anyway. Ribs asks, does anybody have MLB TV? Yes, some people do. Moving on. <laughs> uh, the last we thing I wanted like to Moonwalker. do to button up this this uh, kind of pitching and 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 rotation talk a little bit, or really the fifth spot talk. So, um presumably Pepio is going to get the shot. Do you think he's going to get that spot for the rest of the season, or are they going to do some dumb things trying to bring back Grove, trying to make Stone come up and be a thing? Sheehan seems to be there. They're, they're grooming him right now for a different kind of role as like a kind of right-handed Ryan Yarbrough. Do you think it's going to be Pepio the rest of the way? I mean, I like what Dave said. He said the way he threw the baseball speaks to him getting another opportunity. Or so opportunities, too. He I, said both, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's going to look. That's what he said. So it doesn't feel like they're as heavily invested in Pepio as some of the other guys in their uh, system. I mean, that's kind of Dave talk for like, yeah, he's going to get the next start. He's he going to get the next like, I mean, five starts. He's going to get the next start. I think that <laughs> it's his start to lose at this point. I think that for, unless we see something where he's just getting rotten or somebody's dealing with something barring injury, I think they are going to give him a pretty decent run way especially when you consider the fact let's not forget ryan pepio made the opening day rotation that was his spot before he was injured in anaheim so i think that you don't want to wally pip the guy right you want to give him yep. his opportunity and see if he can go out there and have success and i think he is i think he's going to be solid i think that pepio his flashes are extremely high at times i think the slider gives him new confidence for him it's really about fastball location in between those changeups, and if he doesn't have the feel for the changeup, what is his out pitch? And I think that, yeah, it was really the perfect situation for him. You had Caleb Ferguson go out there as an opener. He comes in there, day game, Dodger Stadium. They win that game in dramatic fashion late in that one. So I think it was a great start for him. I do think that for the rest of the way, I mean, Sheehan is absolutely killing it down there he's shoving down the triple a level yeah but he's still they're, they're also really spreading him out as well yeah, they're like really spreading him out. that's a great point too so ten, 10 days apart on those so they're saving him for a potential postseason taxi situation that's at least what i feel uh stuff wise it makes bar, sense. barring injury of course because yeah he can get that ball up and like there. i said i mean i told like i told pepe i was like hey man you're my rookie of the year pick i need like five straight perfect games for you to make a run at this so i hope he stays <laughs> up and i hope he absolutely shoves every single start and i hear you're making him take you out for dinner or lunch or something like that for four and a half star restaurant big hoffa's barbecue in westfield new jersey four and a half stars on yelp gotta go
cornbread, the garlic bread. Oh yeah. If you guys didn't see the interview, do check it out on our, our YouTube channel. Doug just talked to Pepio, uh, what, a day before, two days before he came back? Doug just dug out karma, man. It's real. That's a, I, don't, I mean, it's not, but all right. You know, I mean, I, I guess we'll make it a thing. Let's see. Who else? Who's had good? Who's had good runs? Bobby Miller. B milled. Who, um, who, who gave a verbatim answer to, on another show? I, I know. I saw I that. Yeah, I think that other show probably just watched our stuff and took the question. But, you know, I want to make no accusations out there. I just hear they need their content. Uh, before <laughs> we move on, guys, folks, gotta, I got to ask you to please visit GearUp.LA. It's another great way to support us, our little family here, especially Doug. You see, he needs a shirt. Eh, it looks fresh. It's a fresh shirt. What I do you guys think? Guys how, many, like how many Dodger dogs do you guys give that shirt in here? Hey, come on, man. Oh, this dude, is Noel, Noel, this is he's drippy. lying. He's like, that is trash. Hey, I look like the manager at Islands, okay? Oh. You guys are getting no burgers now, okay? <laughs> come on now. You're not going to my Dodgers <laughs> resort, okay? This is the Dodgers resort show, okay? Yo, we really need, Gary, I think we're going to need, like, one more camera back here that can cast off into the audience. So we're going to need one more so people aren't like, what the hell are they looking at? But... GearUp.LA, that is our, uh, is our partners, our merch store. That is where we have stuff. We're trying to add more stuff, uh, more more art, more artwork, or whatever. But the things we do have, they're cool. They're fun. And, uh, you know, do the thing. I don't know. What are you doing? I'm trying to put the camera so it goes on the TV so you can see reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, I don't even know uh, how to... Listen, I've been doing this a long time. I'm pretty good at finding transitions out of things. But I don't know what to do, <laughs> do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, let's move on. Like we've said a number of times uh, in this show today, we got about six weeks left to play. Some things to figure out. I think one of the things uh, you are taking advantage of is with Pepio to also at the same time kind of button that up. Um, you need to see what you have in him for next year. So this is the prime opportunity for you to do that. But you also need to kind of, they, they need to judge, hey, how in this how important is that number one seed to us? Like, do we want to ride everybody into the ground? There's there's the rest versus rust, you know, conversation again. They were the number one seed last year. It didn't work, didn't help having that gap in between uh, for the wild card series. I don't know that I'm a massive fan of that, but also I'm not a massive fan of potentially losing in a short series. Um, give me your thoughts on how you you feel, Dave, and, and this front office should or will manage playing time and how you think they should manage playing time down the stretch. I think they absolutely should go all gas, no breaks. I think they should try to catch the Atlanta Braves. I think that you look at right now, it's very with very much within reach. Three and a half games back of the Braves. They start a series starting the end of this month, a four-game set. So there's no reason why the Dodgers can't finish with the best record. And yes, there was last season. We understand that. You win 111 games. That's the fourth most in Major League Baseball history. And then you win one game in the postseason. Like you brought up, there's rest versus rust. But I also think there's complacency if you're playing irrelevant baseball for 35-plus games, right? Which you don't want to see year. that. We saw that last year, and you saw the, the week in between going from the end of the season to when the NLDS began. I think that moving forward, I think that the team that has that lead, there it is a disadvantage to them. But still, look, the reality is with Major League Baseball, yes, you want to be the hot team when it matters most. And I think that, for me, I'm focused more on roster <clears> construction. <throat> I think if you had some of the guys 
on last year's team on this that are on this year's team i think that that team wins 111 games and still finds a way to get into the nlcs and that's the most important thing because with the dodgers they have the formula right they understand how to win the regular season they've done it 10 straight postseason appearances they're going to win their 10th straight their 10th division title in their last 11 right this team that's all they do in the regular season but the reason why they do that is because of depth right it's because of pitching depth it's because of depth up and down the lineup and in a shortened series that is when that really is less of a factor right that's why the dodgers it's so important for them to get to that seven game series And if you look at potential teams that could play this year you're not going to get a team that is the san diego padres that really it was their entire franchise's existence to play that series that was coming in hot in that series and yeah. you're going to run into teams that really that happens i mean look at the florida marlins they've never won their division but they have two world series titles the reality is i mean look at the braves they're a 28 percent chance favorite to win the world series so that tells you i mean you pretty much have a 70 percent chance of losing even when you're the best team in baseball so look if you want to sport where the best teams are guaranteed to win, baseball isn't for you. Go watch F1, right? Go watch Verstappen and look at look at F1's <laughs> ratings. They're on the decline. I mean, look at the hey F1FL.com. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, if you want a sport where Katie joins the Warriors and they run away with the championship, fine. Then go for the NBA. But basketball and baseball are very different sports. Baseball, you just have to find that magic. And I think with the veterans that are on this team, with the nucleus that you have, with the additions of of Jason Hayward and Peralta and Kike Hernandez and Rosario. It feels like these guys are going to get clutch hits. And then I think this is the best we've ever seen Mookie Betts play. This is the best we've ever seen Freddie Freeman play. Freddie Freeman is baseball's <laughs> version of fine wine. He's getting better with age. So I think that this team's in a great position to have postseason success. And I just don't want to go and limp to the finish line and rest guys. If guys need rest, yeah, get Will Smith off his feet, right? Yeah. If guys are dealing with things, don't have them in the lineup. But otherwise, you want to see guys really peaking at the right time and that really comes with reps I give, that, give that man a hand what do you first think? I mean, what do you think i, mean, <laughs> I, I was know. gonna get there but okay. i wanted to make sure that's, that's some good that's some good dmac right there good dmac in the morning to be honest. um the thing with this team and i think uh you know we've we've heard how much you know dave's talked about it freddie mookie this whole roster up and down has talked about um the clubhouse and the way they play for each other and it's just a, it's a different feeling team than in years past you know i think mookie a couple weeks ago said um the yeah this isn't our most talented team by far but it might be our best team with just the different backgrounds the different personalities a bunch of dudes who haven't won it before who really want to win it some that have won it and want to do it again the, the jay hay types um, I don't think, and I wrote it here, that's why I always keep your pencil around, kids, that they can't turn it off. They will not be able to turn it off. They want to win. They want to have that record. Hey, maybe this hodgepodge group of nobodies and somebodies can somehow end up with another 100-win season. Doubtful, but uh, they're, they're, you know, they got a chance. And it's trending in that direction. I mean, if you get through this tough stretch with some of these road games, I mean, there's no reason why this team can't have another 100-win year, which is ridiculous when you consider you won 111 games last year, all those 106-win seasons. And I think the difference between this year is if you do find a way to catch the Braves, you're not going to run away with the league, right? You're not going to run away with the best record in baseball. Mm -hmm. Last year, they were five games up on the Astros at the end of the season. So towards the end, yeah, you had some games where you had Michael Grove in there, right? I mean, there were certain games where you're not really going all out 
and trying to win like there's no tomorrow. But this year, there's going to be a race with the Braves. And I think, too, kind of circling back to Mookie Betts, you win that, you get an MVP. So there is stuff to play for. Another storyline, Michael Bush. How will he fare? How will some of these bullpen pieces fare? I mean, look at the competition on the bench. I mean, Rosario, Kike. Kike starting to slump a little bit. Rosario starting to slump a little bit. Jason Hayward, is he going to continue to have some straight? I mean, he yeah. gets hurt on the diving catch the other day. So can these guys stay healthy? Can they stay hot? I think this team, as far as how they're gelling, they're determined to put last year behind them. There's no way that they're going to win just one game in the NLDS this year. And that's why I'm confident in this year's team. Last year, it's, you got to etch a sketch it, man. You got to shake it, erase it from your memory like it never happened, right? And I think this year, you get to that NLCS, you set up that matchup with the Atlanta Braves, and I think you put yourself in the best position to win the World Series. Because, Clint, let's not forget, in 2021, when the Braves played the Dodgers, the Dodgers could have won both of those games on the road, okay? If those are at Dodgers Stadium, I feel better in front of 55,000 screaming Dodgers fans. I feel better <coughs> with Kershaw Julio pitching at home in those games. And I think this team, they comes alive and they respond to that energy. So I think that it is paramount to get home field advantage. Now, look, the reality is, if you look at the numbers, I mean, since 1969, only 13 teams have had the best record in baseball and gone on to win the World Series. So those aren't great odds, but what do we see in 2020? Dodgers won 43 games, the best record that year. They went on to win the World Series. So there's just so many different scenarios. You really just can't speak in absolutes when it comes to Major League Baseball. You just can't yeah. go that direction. All right, the immortal words of Manny Machado, that's just baseball. That's just baseball. Exactly. That's just exactly. baseball. Hey, B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L. -S -S that's just baseball. baseball. That's just baseball. Whoa. But you're not you're, you're not a voice actor here, but <laughs> I was trying to channel my inner man. <laughs> Getting into some of the comments here, I like uh, I like this one from Eric Schills. Says as far as being rusty for the playoffs last year, the worst thing was that six game series with Colorado that, to end oh the season. Oh my gosh, that's like that's a, 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 I have a thing. I'm not going to say it. I had, a, I had a real good one too, but it's it's uh it's not very PG. But that's not a you know that's not a fun way to end your season. That's not a fun way to end a date. You know. Feels like, still still feels like we're still playing. Still feels like we're still playing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the way that season ended, you had the Colorado series. Then you go in there to the <laughs> break. They had sewn up that division for such a long time. And I think this team, there's more to play for this season because they realize that you really got to have guys in rhythm. And I think, too, like I said, last year, Will Smith gets a hit here. Justin Turner gets a hit there. Trey Turner doesn't Ooh. have an error. <laughs> JT, we're going to be seeing him this Ooh, Saturday. This weekend. Pretty much. Well, kind of excited. Yeah, I guess we're not going to do another one of these this week. I'm excited uh, looking ahead a little time, bit. bro. Okay. But um yeah, I mean I agree. Like I think this team, the storylines are there, <laughs> different energy. And I just think this team cannot take their foot off the gas. I think we've yeah. seen it in years past. And I think there's always a world too. We saw it what happened when they lost eleven straight in twenty seventeen towards the end that you're gonna go through those rough patches. And look, when the bright lights of the postseason begin, all bets are off. It's very March Madness. Look, Duke and Kentucky don't win every year. UCLA hasn't won since nineteen ninety five, but I mean, the best teams in college Damn. basketball don't win, right? And those are teams that are most stacked. Baseball, when it comes to professional sports, it's the most NCAA tournament-like as far as the parity of it all. So the good thing I wanted to ask you about, Clint, too, is I think one of the sub-topics in this one is last year it was World Series or bust. When that roster was assembled, you signed Freddie Freeman. You know Trey Turner is going to walk or slide, whatever he does, after the year. And <laughs> Did you know team, he slides? Did you know he slides? <laughs> That got him that deal, right? But um, <laughs> Phillies should, like, sue him or something. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at that team, that was World Series or bust, especially when you win oh, yeah. 111 games. They're the only team to win that many games and not 
advance through the con the the league championship series. This year's team, yes, you want to see them win the World Series. We know what the standard is. The standard is the standard for the Dodgers. And the reality is, guess what? As great as the season's been, as great as this has been, as great as Jason yeah. Hayward and all the the veterans have been, the rookies, if they don't win the World Series, no one will talk about this season. It'll be a forgettable season just because that's just how it is in Los Angeles, California. The real ones will. The real ones will, right? I mean, we'll always remember this team, but this team, the difference is you've developed Bobby Miller. You've developed James Albin. You really have your direction of your franchise intact, and you have flexibility next year, and we know what the move is to try to go out there and get an Otani, so there's going to be ways to improve this roster. So even if they don't win this season, you can't say it's all bad. You can't say that they don't have the core intact, but look, the reality at the end of the day, this organization, when they go to that press conference, and it's Andrew Friedman at the end of the year, and Dave Roberts at the end of the year, they're going to look back and say, you guys have the deepest pockets. You guys have the best resources, and you have one World Series to show for it, and I can tell you, and you know this better than anyone this organization needs more to really feel like they put a stamp on this era of dodger baseball so i think they're hungry too they're hungry and i think that's the most important thing it's a hungry team you got the dudes who were there last year dave talked about it uh last week you got the guys that were here last year that that wanted it bad that want it and you have the new guys that also want it david peralta definitely wants a world series in his lifetime and then you can damn well bet that uh, well, we know Bobby Miller wants one. He told us in spring training uh, this year. But you could also damn well bet that Jason Hayward would love another one to to kind of give give a little super finger to the Cubs for for cutting them. And hey, we can say thanks for paying for Jay Hay this season. But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun last couple of weeks here, as long as you keep everybody healthy enough, and you also don't have Thor running into James Outman or something like that. Uh, but lucky Jimmy, uh, Jimmy made it. But that's about it for today's show. Let's go ahead and uh, get the h out of here nobody nobody okay thank you thank you Noel. i appreciate you yes sir. You guys appreciate you hanging out with us as always sorry for uh, a little bit of an odd stream and the time and all that kind of stuff some people enjoyed the in-game uh live stream probably won't do very many of those but we'll see good talk good talks as always this guy's gonna go have himself a vacation so we will not do another blue heaven this week we will be back on monday but until then find us on the internet dodgersnation.com inside the dodgers.com it's the best way to keep up with everything about your los angeles dodgers subscribe this is also a podcast if you don't want to just hear us blue heaven podcast and all of your streaming platforms um best way right now to support us also subscribe on youtube we're giving away a jersey it says mookie bets on well it says bets on the back and 50 on both sides but we're giving that away once we hit 70K, so subscribe, hit that bell, leave a like, leave a comment, thumbs up everything you've ever seen dug in, and that goes a long way. I'm RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That guy is DMAC underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. We are Dodgers Nation, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, your mom's address book, whatever. We're all <laughs> around. Thank you for the comments. Thank you so much for the questions. Thank you for the super chats. We'll see you next week. Bye. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.